You're listening to the Faith Matters Podcast with Steve McKinley. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. Here in the month of April, I have been focusing on the resurrection. And so I've had two episodes on the resurrection. I encourage you to go back and listen to those or watch those if you haven't had the chance. And I thought a good continuing topic would be uh, whether Jesus descended into hell, and if he did, what did he do while he was there? And this has been a topic of intense debate within Christianity over the centuries, and it's really a question of where was Jesus when his body was in the tomb, what happened to his spirit? And so his body was in the tomb, laying there dead for three days and three nights between his crucifixion and the resurrection, what happened to the spirit? And the Bible is not crystal clear about this, and that's why there's been so much debate. Um, but we might be able to make some sense out of it, and I will try to give my two cents for whatever that's worth. Did Jesus descend into hell? Well, when we talk about hell, um, hell, the English word hell often translates the Greek word Hades. And Hades in Scripture is the abode of the dead. And we get indication in Scripture that the abode of the dead is in the heart of the earth. Um, Hades is always down. And so in Matthew 11.23, Jesus, you know, Jesus who's in a position to know about the abode of the dead, um, he said, And thou Capernaum, which art exalted unto the heaven, shall be brought down to hell shall be brought down to Hades. And so Hades is down somewhere. And then just a little bit further in Matthew 12, in verse 40, Jesus again said, For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So hell or Hades is down, and Jesus said it was in the heart of the earth. So very likely, the heart of the center of this earth is the place of the dead. And uh, Hades appears to be compartmentalized. It consists of two compartments. Um, One is for those who died in their sins and in their unbelief, and that is a place of torment, and that's typically what we think of as hell. Um, But then... Uh, at least during Jesus' day, there was another compartment in Hades, and this was known as paradise, and this was the place of believers and those righteous saints who died in the Old Testament and were awaiting uh, the the resurrection. And so uh, they were in the paradise section of Hades. And uh, it, it does appear that after Jesus' resurrection, all the righteous, those who die in Christ are always found outside of Hades. They're no longer in Hades or in paradise, which is located in Hades or in hell, but they're outside of that. So something happened um, at Jesus' resurrection, which we'll see here in just a few moments. But uh, looking back in history, um, let me try to shape up the debate for us a little bit. Um, the church fathers. The church fathers is a term that we apply to those who wrote about uh, Christian doctrine and about Christianity in the first few centuries after the apostles. So the church fathers. When we look back at the so-called church fathers, we see two views about this. 
One view is that Christ descended and preached to the Old Testament saints. So he did, um, while his body was in the tomb, his spirit did go into Hades, and there he was preaching to the saints of the Old Testament. The second view is that Christ descended to liberate the Old Testament saints. That's the one I gravitate toward. I'll discuss that a little bit more here soon. Um, Also, the Apostles' Creed um, has been at the very center, at the very heart of this debate, and that's because it includes the words, descended into hell. And the Apostles' Creed was developed between 200 to 750 A.D., so I tend to think it's a little bit misnamed. The Creed itself does not come from the Apostles. It claims to come from um, apostolic tradition or apostolic teaching. And, well, who's to say? We don't really know if it did or not. Um, You know, of course, it lines up somewhat with apostolic teaching. How closely is hard to say unless we do a direct comparison with the Apostles' actual writings, which we know as inspired Scripture. So only the Apostles wrote Scripture for us, and the Apostles' Creed is just a statement of man's belief. But it includes this phrase, descended into hell. Uh, But that was a late addition um, to the Apostles' Creed, Um, and I think it was around, it was after 500 A.D., but it just goes to show us that Christians at that time, they did believe um, in some way that Jesus did descend into hell. And the Catholic Church historically has taught that Christ did descend into hell, and, and his descent into hell included by his death, a payment to Satan for guilty man. So the Catholic Church is teaching that Jesus had to basically descend into hell to pay off Satan, to win back the souls of men. And Satan, when he saw Jesus, thought that he had vanquished Jesus. He thought that uh, he had won the victory over Jesus, that Jesus was there in hell, uh, just like Satan's other captives, but Christ turned the tables on Satan and overthrew him and, and gained the victory over Satan. And I have a little bit of a problem with that view. First of all, it's just bad theology from Scripture. Um, Jesus did not have to pay Satan for the souls of men. Satan did not own the souls of men. And it was not Satan who stood in judgment um, over the souls of men and condemned them Um, It was God. God is the offended party. God condemns. God judges and condemns man. And it was God that had to be paid off, not Satan. And so Jesus' payment was to God the Father. It was not to Satan. And so we're not agreeing with the Catholic view there. Um, Lutheranism, traditionally, has denied that the sent that Jesus' descent into hell had anything to do with Christ's suffering, and I would agree with that. Um, Luther himself put forth the idea that Christ bound Satan, and I would not agree with that because we know that Satan is not bound. In fact, Satan is active in the world right now, and Satan is not in hell bound. Satan is in the heavenlies, and Satan can transform himself into an angel of light, and he's called the prince in the power of the air. So I think Luther got that one wrong. Um, Satan is not bound. So that's not what Christ was doing when he descended into hell. 
Um, shortly after Luther's death, in fact, three years after his death in 1549, there was a certain bishop who offered a, a novel, a new view that Christ descended to hell for further suffering required for the atonement. And so what Jesus had accomplished on the cross wasn't quite enough. He had to descend into hell and suffer more uh, for the sins of mankind and to complete the atonement or the payment for sin. And we reject this also because Jesus cried out on the cross. We read this in John 19.30. He cried, it is finished, just before he gave up the ghost and died. And so the work that Jesus did on the cross, the suffering and the torment, the sins being laid on Jesus on the cross, uh, was finished on the cross. And Jesus cried out, it is finished. And so there was no continuing work for Jesus to do um, in hell. And so that's not why he descended into hell. Now, uh, for Calvin, um, the, um, the reformer, John Calvin, held that Jesus suffered the pains of hell for us. So kind of the same idea there. There have been some more modern Bible scholars. One is Karl Barth. There have been others who've held this, that Jesus suffered in hell for us. But we reject that view. Um, Jesus' work was finished on the cross of Calvary. There are still others today who believe that Jesus continued in the state of death until his resurrection. So he never did descend into hell. Um, Descended into hell um, from the Apostles' Creed, the words descended into hell, really refers to his death and burial. And so Jesus would have experienced the same thing that many of us will experience when we die. Our spirits go to be with the Lord and awaiting for the resurrection. In Jesus' case, the resurrection came three days later. He was reunited to his body and ascended up um, into heaven um, after, well, at his ascension to be with the Father. And so there's that view that Jesus never did descend into hell. Well, there are several scripture passages that we could look at. I want to look at just a few relevant passages, and uh, we'll look at three here, which I think are three big ones. Uh, first of all, we have 1 Peter 3, 18-20, which speaks of Jesus, and it says of him, "...being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison." which sometime were disobedient when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was a-preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls, were saved by water. And so this has been a much-debated passage. What does it mean that Jesus preached unto the spirits in prison? Well, first of all, it says that Jesus was put to death in the flesh, but quickened or raised up by the Spirit. So he was put to death in the flesh, but by the Holy Spirit he was resurrected. He was raised up. And by that same Spirit, he went and preached unto the spirits in prison. What does that mean? Those spirits which sometimes were disobedient. At one time they were disobedient. And when was that? It was during the days of Noah, when God was long-suffering with mankind and uh, and preached. Noah preached to the people 
um, and preached repentance uh, while he was building the ark, and eventually God brought judgment, and the whole world was wiped out except for the, the eight souls uh, that were saved in the ark. And Peter here, he's trying to instruct believers not to fear, though unbelievers may persecute them. So that's the context of the passage here. And spirits in prison could be the Holy Spirit preaching through Noah. And so uh, Noah, in his day, Peter could be saying, Christ, by his Holy Spirit, preached to those evil men of Noah's day. And Noah was called a preacher of righteousness. So that's one possibility. Another very strong possibility, and I think something that's more likely, is spirits refers to angels. And that's actually a very common designation for angels in the New Testament. Um, Spirits in prison would be those angels who have sinned and are right now in prison, um, in hell. And so the view is that Jesus would have descended into hell and preached uh, to those um, demons or fallen angels who are confined there. And there are different views about um, why those particular angels are are confined in hell. Um, some would say it's because of a sin that they committed in Noah's day. Um, Genesis chapter 6 tells us that the sons of God had um, sexual relations or came into uh, the daughters of men. And some people believe that the angels tried to procreate and create a third race that could not be redeemed, a third race, so angels and man, and they cohabited and came up with this third race. Um, I personally don't believe that. I I don't think uh, the angels can procreate, and I don't think that that is a necessary interpretation of the passage. But in any event, whichever view is correct, what we see is Christ preaching victory over the demonic spirits um, in hell or it could be the evildoers of Noah's day. And so after his death and before his resurrection, Jesus descended into hell and in some way preached to these uh, spirits uh, who are right now in prison. And so Christ was raised up by the Spirit, and by that same Spirit he was empowered to descend into hell and to preach victory over demons. Okay, another passage is 1 Peter 4 and verse 6. This one's a little bit simpler, but it says there, For this, for, for this cause was the gospel preached also to them that are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but living according to God in the Spirit. What that simply means is that the gospel was preached to believers who are now dead. And so that need not mean that Jesus preached to those who are in, uh, who are dead but held in, um, in Hades or the place of hell. And so they have died like men, but they will live according to the Spirit. These are people who will be resurrected. And so um, that's a fairly straightforward one. Let me run one more past you. It's Ephesians 4, 8, and 9. It says, Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. 
Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? Again, this is a debated passage. What does it mean he led captivity captive and descended first into the lower parts of the earth? Well, the lower parts of the earth could simply mean the earth itself. Could be speaking of Jesus' incarnation, that he came to this earth and uh, into this lowly earth and led captives to freedom. That's one view. But there are very good arguments to take it as his descent into hell or to Hades. And so he descended into Hades or into hell, and from there he led captivity captive. So as he ascended up on high, when he came out of hell and ascended up, he brought with him this captivity um, that was captive. So from these two passages, Ephesians 4, 8, and 9, and 1 Peter 3, 18 through 20, it appears that Jesus descended into hell or to Hades. He preached victory over the demons, and he led the Old Testament saints who were in paradise with him up to glory. And there they have been ever since. And paradise then vacated uh, by the, the Old Testament saints has, has enlarged Hades or enlarged hell. And the only thing there now, the only people there now are unbelievers, and it is a place of torment. So hell right now is a holding tank. It's a holding cell uh, before the final judgment. So in conclusion, did Jesus descend into hell? I think the answer is yes. Uh, what did he do while he was there? Well, he preached victory um, to the fallen angels, the, the demons, and also he delivered the Old Testament saints in paradise to heaven. And so we have the three spheres of existence, earth, heaven, and hell. In all three of those spheres, Jesus Christ is victorious. So he is victorious here on earth at his resurrection. He's victorious in Hades, or hell, when he preached victory to the demons. And he's victorious in heaven when in power he sat down at the right hand of the Father to rule and to reign. And so this Jesus is one to worship. Jesus accomplished everything required uh, for your salvation on the cross of Calvary. And his resurrection proves that. That's God's stamp of approval that Jesus' work was finished and that it was sufficient to pay the price for your sins. And isn't that wonderful news that you don't have to go and suffer in the place of Hades or hell? You don't have to suffer the torment and undergo the judgment for uh, unbelieving sinners. You can simply come to Christ, repent of your sin, place your trust in him, and Jesus Christ will wash away your sin and bring you to the Father, and he is the atoning sacrifice for your sins. So do you believe that? All you need to do is trust him for your salvation, and the victory that he achieved with his resurrection can be yours. And you can live a victorious life and 
rise up someday in the resurrection and live with God forever in heaven for eternity. Uh, There's nothing better. And so receive Christ. May God bless you. Oh